Grand Canyon University makes earning your degree possible with over 130 academic programs for traditional campus students with more than 80 bachelor's programs offered online. GCU provides you with the personal support you need from complimentary unofficial transcript evaluations within 24 business hours to scholarships, academic support, and your GCU graduation team led by your own university counselor. Find your purpose at GCU. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Gabin. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. If you're new to the program, this is the second week of our worst of 2014 month. Mm-hmm. Last week, for maximum enjoyment, be sure to go back and check out I, Frankenstein. Right. That was a real horror show. Yeah. And Not good. To no. uh, piggyback off of that conversation, uh-huh. my voice, Eric Siska, and now we got Chris Cabin oh, on the I'm, show. Oh, I'm here now. That's so Chris I, Cabin. I can, now, I can now say that this is indeed my voice and not that of Steve's. Andrews or Eric's. Yeah. Right. And we taped this show in the northeastern United States. <laughs> so there sure. might be some similarities to, to pitch and dialect. <laughs> yeah. Accents, if you will. We're yeah, all from some, relatively the same location. Yeah, that fat, phlegmy sound. <laughs> yeah, I've been drinking yeah. a lot of wine this evening, so it's phlegmier than usual. Ate a lot of pasta before we went on the air. Oh, me too. Because we had like a lot of leftovers. Well, I mean, we're all fat, phlegmy guys. You got to <laughs> eat the pasta if you're going to be a fat, phlegmy guy. It was one of those things where I was like, oh, it's leftover spaghetti. And... <laughs> I filled up a bowl, and I was like, well, now there's just a little bit of leftover spaghetti. Might as well, well finish it all. Top her off. Yeah, that, that's of not enough to save. <laughs> yeah. The old reasoning of that's not enough to save gets that's you every time. not enough for lunch, please. <laughs> you know, there are children starving down the street. We should, we should eat this. Oh, I can't throw this out. There's still some sausage in it, <laughs> et cetera. Um, so we are here today to talk about... Um, I'm confident in saying this. One of the worst movies, and I, I know, I know, it's going to sound hyperbolic because we say it all the time. This is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. Absolutely. It's from last year, of course, Winter's Tale, directed by screenwriter Akiva Goldsman. Um, this is the movie, if you've forgotten already, where Colin Farrell has a magic horse. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, that's really just the footnote of it. I know, but on the <laughs> other hand, it's all you need to know. Sure. Like, listen, if you're, if I was trying to sell you, well, like, so Chris, this was your pick. Yeah. Right? So you were like, guys, this is a really shitty movie. And, you know, usually that's fine enough. So, okay. I'm watching it last night. If you had said to me, like, hey, man, here's a movie where Colin Farrell has a magic flying horse <laughs> and talks to it like, rat-a-tat-tat style sometimes oh he's just tickety-tack talking to this horse man and you know i would have been like wow you sold me on that right there like that's a selling point i mean he's talking to a horse that flies with magic like rainbow colored fairy wings but like not even actual like it's the reflection of wing because we're all talking about the light and how the light touches things and who could give a shit well because we got to give a shit first of all because 
we are all made of stars. And oh, once yeah. you die, a miracle happens where you become a star in the sky. And then eventually an, your own Earth can go around you where it has little people of its, of its own that then also oh, become stars. It, it, right? but, huh. I mean, that, uh, here's the thing, Eric. Is it your <laughs> miracle or is it my miracle? You better distinguish whose miracle it is, because otherwise stuff gets pretty complicated. I think it might be Akiva Goldsman's. I don't know. You know what the miracle is? That this movie got made and put out to human beings to what? watch. What? What did he have on these people? Like, I don't... <laughs> I mean, like, murders, pedophilia, like, just... Everything. These people must some have some dirty shit. Well, so you accepted this. What you're saying, what your point is, is that there's a lot of big stars in this very bad movie. So sure. we have Colin Farrell. Well, which, these are all big. Most of these are big stars on their way out. Basically, they're on the decline. Well, you got you got Colin Farrell, who he's done his fair share of shit. So that's sure, fine. Yeah. Russell Crowe. You know, he had a movie with Darren Aronofsky this year, but which was yeah. also, in my opinion, not very good. But he's Chris he's done different with me. opinions. Oh, we <laughs> hate movies. He's done like fifty fifty, like good and bad. Yeah. Russell Crowe, right? So then you have um, uh, Lady Sybil from Downton. What's her name? Oh, I forget. Oh, Lady, yeah, that's her name. I just Lady know Sybil. it was Lady. Yeah, yeah. Well, so Lady Sybil, you know, so she's st- trying to start a movie career. Yeah, I mean, good for her. Good for her. You got to start somewhere. Shouldn't be here. Shouldn't be here. You know, t- take a look at a note like someone like Dan Stevens. Dan Stevens was in the guest this year. I mean, he badass was movie. One of the best movies of the year. Yeah. It made my list. I really, really if, love it's that out movie. now on Blu-ray and everything. So you see guys see that movie. Yeah, yeah you I have to go see, see that movie. He was also in the third night of the museum movie. So you know, take what you can get. But also, that's money. That is money. This is not money. You don't think this? Well. Yeah, I guess not. There's just a lot of green screen in this movie. Well, yeah, th- I mean, it's it's shot on digital and it looks like garbage. Yeah, um, but also, yeah, and the graphics are horrendous. You got John Hurt or William Hurt, rather William Hurt. Yes. Which, yeah, I guess he's slumming it in this movie. Big time, I would say. Uh, as Lady Sybil's father, who are the other heavy hitters in this movie? Well, I mean, I don't. Wanna... Oh, well, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> we you know got to Let's one. let's yeah. build it up. Yeah, let's, because that uh, one, my. Head almost <laughs> fell off. Okay, so yes, oh, as Eric move as Eric movie as Eric was saying about <laughs> that's gonna be movie, my stage name. I'm Eric movie. No I'm one could audition. figure out Cisco, so it's Eric movie. <laughs> You're reading for the shape of things. <laughs> <laughs> I'm for it, man. Let's um, do it. Yeah, it. The movie starts with Lady Sybil's doing a narration that basically posits. What if all angels were stars or some horseshit? It's like if you become an angel, like if uh-huh. you shed your wings, your wing dust magic garbage becomes <gasps> the stars. Man, this shit just doesn't make sense. So when God killed all the angels, yeah, the galaxies, as he's known to do. Because back then it was just heaven, right? Yeah. And then God got all pissy at the angels and he killed them all. Right. And then outer space was born. I guess that is what we're led to believe about where we're at here. Well, that was the thing with this movie. I couldn't tell. Does this qualify as a religious movie? Like, is this a Christian film or is this like a more of like a bullshit, vague, spiritual thing? I think it's a, like a fairy tale, right? It's, it's like more fantasy. of a fairy tale because like right. they are, we are talking about because like, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll get to the judge. Um <laughs> And, he, and you know, and he's and he's referred to as Lou, 
at one point. <laughs> Man, it oh, just God. all sucks so hard. All different kinds of sucks, like yeah. hard sucks, quiet sucks. Well, this is something that's I think is happen. It's happening more and more with movies, where we don't we want to put everything, every kind of genre, every kind of stereotype that for movies that everybody likes into one movie. We don't really care about the tone. We don't really care what it looks like. We don't really care about anything like. We just want to put a lot of things that people like into it, and so they can grab onto those little tiny things. Right. So it's just a mishmash. So the Christian stuff is in there, but they're careful not to go too far with it as to not alienate a normal viewer who just wants to watch a fucking movie and not be preached to. Right. I mean, it's not a very preachy movie, but I guess no. like if you're someone who loves angels, yeah. which I always think about the Carlin bit. Oh, yeah. What is all this shit about angels? That's all I could think <laughs> yeah. about during this movie. What are you, fucking stupid? Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess if that's the case, like... Then you can choose to see that in this movie. Yeah, I choose to think about George Carlin bits instead. Sure, you know, that's uh, my I go prerogative. the same way. So, so uh, you know, there's some Ellis Island parents. They've got a baby. Uh, White collar is the father. Oh yeah, Matt Bomer again. Somebody making like you were a Magic Mike man. Solid choice in, He's roles. in Magic Mike. He's in uh, what was the um, the uh, ba, 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 Taylor Kitsch, the HBO movie. Uh, oh, the Normal Heart. Normal yeah, he, Heart. He's pretty good in that. Yeah. Oh, what a devastating motion picture that was. Yeah, that was You're not, not going to work the next day after yeah, you watch that a, one. A cold cup of coffee and Wait. a cigarette for you. <laughs> I didn't see this. Now, is this like someone gets a sad disease or something? The saddest uh, yes. of disease. HIV. Oh, <laughs> I honestly said that not knowing what it was about. <laughs> I'm serious. Yeah, it's an adaptation of the Larry Kramer play yeah. uh, You know about the what AIDS is, epidemic. We, HBO puts out an AIDS movie every year. <laughs> they actually kind of do. You're actually not right? wrong. <laughs> like right? every other year at least. Well, because what was last year? Uh, I forget. Well, I guess if technically last year was Normal Heart yeah, 2014. Yeah, Normal Heart. So they, they just got to get one on the books this year. There was what, like Angels in America? That's, that was 2003. That was a while yeah, ago. Yeah, that was a while ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was like yesterday to me. <laughs> all these goddamn AIDS movies every year. Just getting bombarded with AIDS movies, there Eric Siska. Is there AIDS a- in Olive Kittredge? <laughs> no, probably not. <laughs> Eric apologized. It was actually Eric movie talking. Yes. <laughs> yes Eric was. So, yeah, Matt Bomer and his wife bring a baby to Ellis Island. And, and Matt Bomer's character has, you know, bronchitis or not bronchitis, something much like worse. Oh, it's like, like it's some con- sort of pulmonary cons- something or other. Consumption. Yeah, it's probably. Keep it. Well, no, he has the pulmonary because the girl has consumption. He has like a pulmonary disease. It's but his, didn't he like his, yeah, his parents had something too, right? Well, no, the, the parents have a pulmonary disease. He doesn't okay. have anything. All right. Yeah, Colin Farrell's right, fine. He's clean bill of health. Right. Yeah. So they say like, oh, can we just leave the baby here? They're getting turned away. Yeah. And the guy's like, no, you know, get back on the boat. So they steal a model ship that's inside this immigrant boat, which, Ooh. okay, whatever. There's like, <laughs> like he sneaks into this gorgeous ship room, like a state room. Yeah. Right. Like the, the outside of this is like a grody Russian immigrant ship. But then on the inside, there's this beautiful stateroom, like one of the nicest rooms yeah. on the Titanic. It's like, like Jean-Luc Picard's coming around the corner in this <laughs> Finished room. mahogany on the oh, side. Oh, say, Mr. Data, you noticed my model boats, did you? <laughs> mm. uh, That's of the pinafore. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know what? 
Jean-Luc Picard loves the HMS Pinafore. Yeah, it's kind of weird how much... Gilbert and Sullivan for life. Um... So got they, that tattooed on his <laughs> on the back of his head. Yeah. So they got uh they take this boat, they hollow out part of it, like they cut out part of this nice model ship, and then stuff this baby in it, and then just like dump it back into New York <laughs> Harbor. Into the sea. <laughs> like best of luck, baby. <laughs> Whatever. Either drowned or shrug. And then it's just it's nothing. Cut to uh, whatever thirty years later, however old Colin Farrell's supposed to be. Yeah, in I, most I, of his I, movie. Well, I mean, he we turn, well, it turns out he's ageless. Well, not just yet, he's not. Yeah, but he's too old. I so, will point that out. He's too old. What? I feel like this movie could have been done. Like we'll get into it, but it feels kind of like a you know, it's like a fantasy fairy tale. I thought maybe like, uh, and also the way some of the dialogue is with him and the love story, and it's yeah, like, like oh, I never loved anyone like this before. Mm-hmm. He should have been like seventeen. Yeah, right. it's, it, yeah, it is kind of like a Romeo and Juliet right. type should, thing. Or like, like a Huck Finn thing or something. Or Tom Sawyer. Like, this is this shouldn't be a 45-year-old man <laughs> going, going, oh, I never loved like this before. He is supposedly 38 years old. I don't know that I buy that, but that's his IMDb age. And Lady Sybil's like 24 when this movie's getting made. So when that raunch-tacular sex scene's happening later on, I was yeah. like... Ew, lecherous Colin Farrell. Gross. Um, so he, I guess, lives in Grand Central Station in the attic? Question mark. Well, I mean, I thought he was a terrorist at first because he's. <laughs> I mean, you're breaking into the attic of the Grand Central Station. And apparently, nobody's. Not, you're not Hugo, <laughs> dude. I was thinking a lot about Hugo, and it's like if this was a sequel to Hugo, like he emigrates to the United States. And then just starts living in Grand Central. And then, like, he's just grown up still living in a train station. And Ben Kings is just teaching him stuff. Yeah, totally. Why not? Sasha Cohen still chasing after him. Sure. It would be a better movie. Oh, my God. (laughs) Well, that's, like, I'm sorry. If you you base something in 2014 and a person is just, like, sneaking up into the rafters of the fucking Grand Central Station. Yeah. Where I see the most military people... In in all of New York City. Oh, yeah. I see the most there. Listen, and I'm counting LaGuardia. Listen, you know, folks, you know, coming to tour NYC, if you want to see machine guns up close and personal, yeah. come to Grand Central Terminal because they're just everywhere. The very best machine guns. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, it's, you know, you know, Penn Station's got some good machine guns, too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to like, no, sell it short. Those are more automatic rifles. I feel like they actually have machine guns in there. <laughs> well, yeah, so it is impossible that he's yeah, living I mean, in Grand Central insane. Station in 2014. But back in 1914, where we're at, or 1917, 16, 16 thank yes. you. So he's living there then, too. What a coward, man. The war's on, right? So he's living up there. He's a thief, basically, is, yeah. is the deal. He's like a grown-up, artful dodger. Um, but he's tired of it. He doesn't really because I mean, the, the, he's oh, tired of the life. April sixth, nineteen seventeen. Okay, all oh, right. So the U.S. Oh, the not, U.S. was not involved yet. But yeah. honestly, we're in the middle of a fucking polio epidemic. <laughs> what are you saying? Like he should have had better things to do. Is but, that? Yeah, I mean, just get out of town. Like you go to a place where it's not like so easy. Like, well, what's weird about this movie is 
it never leaves New York City. And the feeling that I get is like, it's the world of Grand Theft Auto. Mm -hmm. Like, all that world is, is that one city. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. they're always talking about, like, oh, if I can get to the edge of the city, maybe I can get out of here. And, like, every time someone tries to leave New York, there's, like, a barrier or, like, something happens and they get pulled back in. There's some vague, again, we'll get to the judge, but (laughs) the judge and God have an agreement. You can't go north of the sea because that's God's territory. That's God's country. Oh, that's, yeah, right there. That's, big, big I mean, sky. that's the thing. It's like you just can't do it. And like Russell Crowe really wants it because he wants to butcher this kid. Right. But, yeah, you can't go. It, it See, is mostly in New York. It's almost all in New York. you doing this, too. This kid. Yeah. Now, this, this is why it should be played by a child. Because right. also Colin Farrell is... Running away from Russell Crowe. Right. When we're introduced to Colin Farrell, he's running away from Russell Crowe. Playing Pearly. Pearly, who's like this this leprechaun gangster. Dude, it is a heart tar Irish accent. Like, it is horrendous. It's so bad. Apparently, this guy raised this immigrant boy that is played by 38 plus year old Colin Farrell. Yes. And, and he's running away from his stepdaddy at the start of the movie. Right. And so I, there's some sort of, like he's a Russell Crowe's a crime boss. So it's like, I guess maybe he told him like, I don't want to do this anymore. I think he might also owe him money. Something, he just doesn't something. want to do it. I, I, that's the, he just is is done with it, and, and he's like, like hey, nobody, nobody quits. Tar to tar, hard to hard, hard hard. So it's so bad. Where's me lucky charm? No, it's so bad. What you think Chris is doing right now? It's actually he's playing it down compared to what it actually. I, I was is. trying to be a little bit more respectful, you know, to my Irish brethren, but yeah, it's so it bad. is so ridiculous. But that was the funny thing was because when I was hearing Colin Farrell talk in the movie, I was like. Oh, okay. They're letting him use his accent. That's fine. And then at one point, he's telling Lady Sybil, like... Well, he's Australian, right? Colin Farrell? No, he's Irish. Oh, no. I, I was confusing the two. Russell Crowe Russell is Australian. Crow, yes, yes. But so Colin Farrell is just using his regular voice. And I was like, oh, that's weird. Because he was dropped in New York Harbor. You know, That is weird. And he's no. talking about how he was raised he, he was raised in Brooklyn. But he was raised by Pearlie, who's but like the thing. a leprechaun they, from the space. They don't tell you that though until like right, an right. hour into this movie yeah because finally russell crowe's like oh yeah i raised him tar ta tar and you're just like oh wait what you did oh that's why so it's like because colin farrell wanted to use his real accent russell crowe had to do a shitty one because they had to somehow explain how an orphan that was brought up in Brooklyn has an Irish accent. That's the lengths we're going to. And I mean, I don't know what the accent is exactly that uh, Bomber is doing in the beginning. It certainly isn't Irish. They're Russian. They're Ru- they're Russians? Okay. Because on on the ship that you see... Oh, it's the... Yes. It's, the, there's yeah, there's the Cyrillic, Cyrillic all over. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that Ooh. makes sense. They're Russian immigrants. Because I just thought... I mean, I was like vague European again. So he's playing a Russian... Who grew up in Brooklyn to speak Irish. Raised by an Irishman. Oh. That's uh, how silly we're getting here. Yeah. That was the thing I was thinking. Like, why would you do that? Like, Colin Farrell isn't the best at covering up his accent, but I'm so used to it at this point that that's fine. If you want to make Russell Crowe use his accent, 
you know, I get there's an Australian gangster in Brooklyn. I don't know. Fine, whatever. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a Crocodile <laughs> Dundee esque adventure. But, I mean, as far as accents go, I mean, Warwick Davis does fucking circles around him. Like when, as you're the talking leprechaun. about, I was gonna say as yes, as of the course, leprechaun, as the he leprechaun. Does, like circles. Like I thought, this you, is I a thought car- you meant as as wicked or as willow. <laughs> um, so as he's running away from Russell Crowe, he's like, "Man, how am I gonna get out of this jam? Sure, I, sure wish I had like a car or something that I could get out of here. Oh, oh, what's this? Oh, a, a majestic, magical white horse seeming to appear out of nowhere. Well, how about that?" And then this horse bows to him. And I was like, oh, wait, it's a magic horse. And then this movie just takes off. Like, yeah. he is calling this horse, horse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, horse, get over here, horse, horse, horse. What do you want? <laughs> now, you said in the book, Chris, that you hear the horse's well, inner monologue. You can tell, like, you can the the book begins with them like talking about the horse and the horse is thinking and you know the horse's thoughts it's not necessarily talking it's third person narration yeah so you can you can hear what, that the horse has thoughts and is thinking about things and it is it is indeed a guardian angel for right. this idiot right it's <laughs> uh it's thinking about hay yeah now is this movie better or worse if you hear the horse's thoughts i mean better because like be i imagine fun. the horse is just like uh, <laughs> fine what what do you want me to fly now i would say it all rests on who you get to voice that horse right if you get danny devito to voice that horse that's probably going to be pretty bad but maybe you just get like i mean let's stick with irish people if you get liam neeson to voice that horse oh i would believe it right yeah he's just like you're gonna break into that house uh, <laughs> hey Hey, Colin Farrell, you're going to break into that house, Peter. What's his name? Peter something? Peter, Peter, Lake. Peter Lake. Hey, Peter Lake, you're going to break into that house, Peter Lake. You know, but you know who you have to get is Brendan Gleeson. Oh, yeah. Big ol', like, yeah. Yeah, you a want that friendly voice. Yeah. barrel-chested Brendan Gleeson voice on a horse. You nailed it. Yeah. That would make this movie better. So, gist of it, long story short, Russell Crowe's trying to have him murdered Colin Farrell is trying to do one last like round of robberies to work up, you know, enough cash flow to then take him and horse out of town, get out of the business. Speaking of which, did we mention that the horse then like he gets on the horse and oh. they, they it, it, it flies over this fence to elude Pearly and his henchmen. His, yeah, the horse black coats. Yeah, they're just black coat mobsters. The horse, it's not so much flying as it is a Mario super jump. Right. Yeah. It super jumps over this fence. Because it does fly eventually, but it, it's working up to it. That's, uh, yeah. that's kind of the climax. Well, because, I mean, you, listen, you got a flying horse in your movie, man. You want to keep that secret for as long as you can. You don't want that to be like the first 10 minutes of your movie. And can we talk? Holy. Because if you've ever complained about a J.J. Abrams movie, get ready for the flares of the century. Oh, man. Oh, it's everywhere. Everywhere. Because, Every shot. Because they use lens flares and other, like, shiny things yeah. to signify, like, when magic is happening. And let me tell you Which guys. Which is always. It's a pretty magical yeah. movie. <laughs> <laughs> 
there it's it's a flare fest man it's all over this movie and it just hurts your eyes i'm like like jj abrams does it once or twice like it, it's not crazy i, I watched into darkness recently because i just got the blu-ray yeah and yeah it's there whatever yeah in this movie it's everywhere <laughs> it is everywhere just when you think you have a shot without a lens flare in it something flares up every time that and it's happens. like even when like if there's like a candelabra somewhere Oh yeah, it's yeah. just for the hell of it. It's yeah, like, so it, stupid. It, so, uh, got to get behind it. I guess you gotta <laughs> just get... have to accept it all. I guess. Yeah, behind the can- candelabra. Yeah. Uh, oh, hey, there's your last year HBO AIDS movie. Right? There we go. So he goes out on this one final burgle spree with horse, right? And they're in Central Park, and he's like, "Oh, horse, what a haul we have! Let's 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 get out of the five boroughs." And Horace refuses to move. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Horace is just looking straight on at this townhouse. And he's like, no, Horace, you're getting greedy, man. Like, that's a greedy-ass Horace. I'm not, you know, the sun's coming up. <laughs> one last job. Yeah, it, and it's seriously, the Horace is like, no, no, no. One last job before we leave town. It, you got to do it. Look, you can find hay pretty easily. <laughs> but you can't find oats very easily. <laughs> and I'm an oat horse, as it turns out. So you're going to have to go in there and get some fucking money. Yeah. See, see? <laughs> we were missing so much from the book. Dude, I want to do I want to do two commentaries to this movie. A regular commentary and then a commentary where we just do what the horse is thinking. Oh. <laughs> right? Yeah, wow. I really want to do this now. Um so we've we've been set up with the with the idea that um Lady Sybil, you know, she's got consumption. She's yeah. going to bite the bullet pretty soon. She's going to bite the big one. And I did not know what that was. And I went to the Wikipedia page of Winter's Tale, and you click on consumption, and it takes you to the, yeah, tuberculosis. Yeah. yeah. So there you go. So she's, you know. Filling she, everyone in at home. She's, uh, <laughs> you know, she's got the fever and whatnot. Yeah. She does a lot of sleeping out on their roof. In right. the winter, I guess, She's is got the idea. This impossible tent up. Yeah. It's yeah. like the the Spiegel tent from <laughs> the South Street Seaport. Yep. <laughs> wow, nice. Yeah, it's a very local reference. Uh, <laughs> you're totally right though. It's a huge tent and she just lives in it. She's got like a watering hole out on the roof. Like to, she gets in like cold water and goes in cold environments to like lower right. her fever and stuff. Yeah. Cause she's constantly sweating and constantly sick and constantly has this fever and is basically dying. And of course he sees fresh prey. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is when we're set up with this whole thing, her father is William hurt and they set up like, they're, the family is going a little bit upstate. They're going to the lake yeah. for the weekend, right? And they're like, okay. The Peter Lake. Yeah. So you know. God damn it. So you know, like, okay, oh, house is going to be empty. Colin Farrell's going to come burgle it. Oh, right. But then they're like, like Lady Sybil's like, uh, hey, everyone's going up to the lake today. But I'm going to go up tomorrow. And I was like, oh, that's weird. So we cut to like. Colin Farrell, he's outside the house. We're inside this townhouse, and she's, like, having a hard time. And I was thinking, like, did they purposely leave a day early hoping that she might just die alone? And they'd be like, oh, she didn't get here. Guess she finally died. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's what's happening. Why would you, if you know your daughter is, like, near death from consumption, and she's getting these fevers, and she's doing poorly... 
Why would you leave her home alone to deal with that while you go up to your lake house? And it's not like she has a doctor's appointment or anything. It's no. just like a fucking, I'm, I'm going to hang out. I want she's the house to myself for Exactly. It's, it makes no sense other than she's the only one in this house when Colin Farrell comes to burgle it. I guess because she wants to walk around naked for one day. Yeah. One I, day in that beautiful <laughs> mansion. She didn't get to do it before. Right. So that that's the bucket list. Yeah, I think that's it. <laughs> Walk around the house I mean, nude. She's check. I mean, she's well, getting towards the, the end of that list. BT dubs, right? But, yeah. but for the time walking around the house nude, you may laugh now because you're probably listening to this walking around the house nude. But <laughs> in 1916, they'd stone you to death for that. Oh, easily in 1960. 16. Oh, 16. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah, you because never know. it's especially if you're a lady, there were a lot stricter laws about and, and, ladies. And, and, and I mean, William Hurt's a, like a New York City philanthropist, so yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's got a, an iron fist in that house. He's a he's a he's a fat cat man. He's got some dough on him. So he's burgling this house. She's there walking around naked out on the roof or whatever's going on. He's got a pretty sweet uh, Batman. Uh, <laughs> Dude. <laughs> what is with this grappling hook like they show it's a shot of like this patio or like this balcony or whatever and then all of a sudden a grappling hook comes up and i was like come on just have him pick the lock on the back door what the sun is up also it's totally the morning at this point and he's batmanning up the side of this manhattan town also broad daylight yeah it's like right next to fao schwartz it's like a tall building you can't throw that far no you can't do you think the horse helped him throw that yeah. Maybe the Fucking horse wins. I got it. Hold on. I get him in my mouth, and then I'm going to one, two, three. <laughs> See, if they had revealed at this point that the horse could fly, just kind of flutter your wings a little bit and fly him up to that terrace. Right, yeah. Lazy ass horse. He wants him to burglarize things, but he doesn't want to help out with it. Right. No. That's a bad crime partner. Yeah, he's always there for when you're talking about the money. The horse is just like, oh, I'm just a getaway man. <laughs> But we split that shit two ways. (laughs) Look, I came up with the plan. You're enacting it. I get it. But I figured it all out. I'm the brains. I cased the joint for crying out loud. So she catches him because he squeaks. He steps on a squeaky floorboard. But he's also like so entranced with her. She's just like, oh, there's a beautiful lady there. (laughs) Yeah, he's kind of just staring at her while she manically plays the piano. Which is Brahms. Brahms. Which... Recently, famously, in There Will Be Blood, I believe. Towards the end. I think you're right I on think, that. I, I mean, it's not a piano in that composition, but... I uh, mean, my classical music knowledge is... Uh, I don't know. It just reminded me of it, and I was like, oh, to, to be back with Daniel Plainview, <laughs> <laughs> to not be watching this movie. Instead oh, of Peter God. Lake? Yes. Yeah, I'd, I would love to see Pearly versus Plainview. Oh, <laughs> fuck yeah. Plainview would take him to task. Oh, yeah. He would drink his soul. Rip his head off, drink the blood, and then just, like, (laughs) play with the brains just for the fuck of it. So they meet, and it's like, love at first sight. They have, like, a gigantically long horseshit conversation about nothing and everything all at once. Who could be listening? And that's most of the movie. Yep, it's just them them talking talking about nonsense. Gibberish. Just silly words. Just baby gibberish. About the stars Mm -hmm. and the wings and the light and and miracles. Fuck. (laughs) It's so dumb. And that's because now, see, this is when I'm like, these characters should be younger. 
Yeah. Because I could see a, like a teenager being stupid, yes, waxy, yeah. whimsical, if you will. <laughs> but to see an aged old man yeah. doing this. Yeah, oh, it's a, pretty silly. A perched on Alzheimer's. Yeah, I mean, it's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it makes no sense. And it, you, you wonder exactly because also you'll notice there's a lot of like weird angles like when the the second time the horse flies uh-huh. they have like a weird close shot on the horse's neck because i don't think they had the money to show the wings again <laughs> either that or it's just a poorly made movie that's also possible but like also when uh we'll get to it but when uh when uh pearly slits that poor kid's throat oh yeah they, you don't actually see <sighs> the throat getting slit it's just like him going up making the movement and then blood somewhere right well it's yeah it's insanely cheap with bad special effects again don't make these kinds of movies if you don't have the money for it i frankenstein looking at you or just like plan your (gasps) shot better know how to direct a movie i guess is the idea i mean this is i think it's one of the first things he's ever directed he's a screenwriter i think it is his first I think it's his debut, actually. There were a lot of directors that tried to make this movie, including Martin Scorsese, yeah. who owned the rights to this book well, for quite some time. The book is huge. The book, it was, it, it's, I think it's considered one of the best American books of the 80s by, by like a long shot. Really? Yeah, it's, it's, and it's a great book, but it, it's a hard one to, you can't, it's really hard to do this book, I would think. So. We go back to Russell Crowe, and at some point here, <clears throat> this is the scene that you were talking about. He yeah. goes into, like, some sort of restaurant, yeah. and everyone's, like, clearing their table, like, offering it up to him. You know, he's a real hot shot kind of guy, right? And they're like, all right, here's the deal. Like, we're looking for Peter Lake. He escaped, and we're going to kill him. Blah, blah, blah. And then he, like, orders some impossible dish. Eating, like, well, no, he's eating a bunch of oysters. Yes. Like oysters upon oysters. Which, yeah, I could do that, too. I mean, I could, yeah, maybe. And, you know, it used to be called the Big Oyster before the Big Apple. That's true. But then we polluted every waterway we had. Yeah. <laughs> and then he wants a, the, the dish he asks for is a butterflied bald eagle. And he's, like, giving instructions about how to make it, yeah. this, that, and the other thing. And this waiter is like, you know, hey, that. asshole, you know. I'm not serving a bald eagle tonight. That's not happening. And this is where we learn that Russell Crowe, not only is his character Pearly a bad guy and like a, a villain and a hoodlum, he's also a demon. Welcome back to Demon Month on We Hate Movies. What the hell? Surprise demonic shit in this movie. Did not see it coming. I didn't either. It's, it's, his scar starts glowing and he's just like, <laughs> he gets like, full irish and that's when the it's like he gets like really bad acne for a minute and then his face just kind of opens yeah and like he yells at this waiter and then just murders him and i was like oh no demon movie and then he goes he does like a jackson pollock he just like is in a fugue state oh yeah (laughs) and he's just painting this shit he paints like a portrait of what turns out to be lady sybil uh i'm like you think with, with this, it's Lady oh, right. Sybil? Yeah, right, pardon well, me. Yeah, yeah. Well, with, with with the blood, right? He's like scri- he's like scribbling on the tablecloth. He and draws like a girl with red hair. But yeah, like, yeah. if you like, there's a shot later where you do understand how it could be. But the first shot where you see this thing, 
it's a red circle and another red circle <laughs> with a red line coming right. out of it. You're yep. painting with red. You're not going to get a blonde lady. <laughs> You're going to get a red-haired lady. Although, if they looked at it a few hours later, maybe they'd think they're after a brunette. <laughs> it's just dried and it's shitty cracking dried blood on the napkin. What? Don't you see what I'm trying to show you? It's so stupid. And then Kevin Corrigan is like his goon sidekick. Romeo. Named Romeo, (laughs) which I thought at first when he's like, Romeo. And I was like, oh, no. Now he's just going to be talking about Shakespeare for some reason. This is me quoting it. Yeah. But then it turns out it's actually Kevin Corrigan's name. And you're like, all right. Um, Kevin Corrigan's on a lot of bad movies. But every time I'm like, Kevin Corrigan. Keep stirring that sauce, Mikey. Poor Corrigan. (laughs) He's just waiting for the next Scorsese movie. He's probably going to be in silence, too. Do you think he signed on when Scorsese had the rights? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> he was the last, For some reason, he just continued on. Y'all the, stay with the project. It's fine. He was probably originally going to play, like, Pearly, and then, like, he because Akiva <laughs> and took Kevin the helm. And Corrigan as Pearly, the main villain of the movie? Maybe. I don't know. I would have enjoyed it more. Kevin Corrigan would have done a better job. Um, so whatever. So they have this big, like, thing. She says, like, eh, I'm dying, you know, you can't really get near me. I kind of got the TB, you know, bummer. Oh, but the true love. Yeah. Oh, man, we're just talking about true love, love at first sight, eternal yeah, bliss. Love in the, the stars. Oh, a kiss that can return you. I, it's, it's, right, it's a bunch of bullshit. It, well, it's it's like, um, like a sleeping beauty or something, like, don't worry when you're when you're about to die, I'll give you a good smooch and you'll come back and to that'll life. That'll be it. You'll be fine. <laughs> that's, that's all it'll take. What? I'm gonna kiss that tuberculosis right out of you, baby. Here we go. <laughs> oh my god. Around this point is when Colin Farrell meets up with a friend of his at the docks, played by Graham Green, who's now gonna add an element of Native American mystic hokum to Cause, the part. Because why not? Why not? Well, because that's why we get Green in for anything. That, he's not doing that in Die Hard with a yeah. Vengeance. That, well, that's true. That horse is your spirit guide. And you're just like, all right, thank you. It's literally one scene. It's a walk and talk. He explains the like the Native American side of things. And then he's like, oh, by the way, uh, sometimes the the form, you know, the, the, the spirit can take the form of several things, a dog, a this, a that. So you're just telling me that it's my spirit animal. Well, that's what he says. Yeah. Or, or even a big, great white horse. And the horse is right there like, how's it going? Okay. And then we see like Colin Farrell just look like, oh, oh, oh. And it's such a toss away. Like he's, uh, he's one of the bay men that, that uh, adopted Farrell when he showed up on the shores with right. the, from the boat. So he's kind of supposed to be like from like a fishing culture. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's more, again, the book does a much better job of this but he was brought up as a fisherman they became a mechanic and then he went into pearly's gang right uh but this is just kind of like a throwaway line uh yeah i was your kind of your dad yeah it's i mean it's seriously this scene is total tops four minutes yeah and then graham green's out of this movie there's got to be deleted scenes or something well, I just don't think they gave like I. Th- there are scenes in this movie that it's just kind of like let's get the plot a going, like <laughs> let's keep it a going, let's see what's gonna happen, what the hell, why not? Yeah, and a lot of it doesn't. I mean, it's it's certainly not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know that could go on the poster. Yeah, 
It's certainly not interesting, A Winter's Tale. <laughs> but, like, what? Yeah, it's like we already got the thing, like, oh, apparently Russell Crowe was some type of father figure to him, but now we have to go back and see his other father figure, and we had to see his actual father abandon him, and it's just like... <laughs> just one after the other, man. I mean, but, you're you're almost 40 years old. Well, then William Hurt's going to be like a fourth almost father figure you yes, know, when, when yes. he's meeting the family, right? So the whole thing is, whatever, this movie's longer than Star Wars. So what happens is Russell Crowe like, makes the connection. They find out, like, oh, yeah, he says, like, it's a redheaded woman in New York City. Figure it out, goon squad. So this one guy is like, well, say that woman's got red hair Mm-mm-mm. might as well get her killed yes and it's lady sybil and it turns out that this hoodlum was right you know but it's a pretty big guess so russell crowe like she's leaving to go to the lake house it's yeah. the next day whatever russell crowe's outside and he's like okay you know what i'm gonna do to piss off colin farrell i'm gonna murder you is what's gonna happen well doesn't colin farrell swoop in on this horse and pick her up off the ground, yeah. like right before she's about to be murdered by Russell Crowe. They go full Pegasus. Full, the horse takes off, and you're just like, oh, wait. So it's not just a horse that can super jump. It's a horse that can fly. And glide as well. Ah, it's whatever. So this horse flies them to the lake house. Right. Now, it doesn't have, yeah, it doesn't have actual wings. It has like phantom wings. So I kept on just waiting for those wings just to disappear and just this horse to plummet to the earth. <laughs> right? Yes. Oh, absolutely. A I bunch mean, of people at once said, I don't believe in fairies, and the horse just died. That'd be great. Well, I mean, it's all this, you know, it's the light bullshit. Like, it, it's the, the, the horse's wings are made of, like, reflective light am i to believe chris that the lord god put wings on a horse in this it's, movie yes why wouldn't you believe that <laughs> yeah i guess so but i'm like, watching also, this movie anyway i'm pretty gullible as it is but also the i mean the devil also can light as we see with russell crowe and the jewels that make the map yeah there's a little bit of uh ross ross chamber room or whatever from raiders of the lost ark oh that's right <laughs> he russell crowe lines up like a bunch of like diamonds and yeah jewels Ruby, and he's got the yeah. staff of Ra, and if, with the light <laughs> hits it at a certain the moon, angle the moon like hits these jewels and all of a sudden the cityscape lights up and that it tells him like where colin farrell is yeah you know? it's just like Hot, hot, that's Grand Central. And that happens once. He can't do it again, apparently. Yeah, why wouldn't you bring that gimmick back? Why not just have that sack of rubies with you at all times and just like, all right, I lost him. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, I don't get Russell Crowe using this ability once. That's a no. good point because it's just like the whole movie, he's looking for him. That's yeah. the whole point of the movie is that Pearlie wants to kill him. But it's also just weird just to do that and then quickly move on from it. It's like, what the hell did Maybe I he doesn't watch? do it that often because even Kevin Corrigan, That's... he sees him do it. <laughs> and, you know, you're led to believe that he's been working for Pearlie for a while. Like, he does this parlor trick in front of Kevin Corrigan and he's like, whoa, wait, what? Wait, uh, what are you doing? And he's can... like, just get after him. Can... <laughs> I mean, I have juice. Can I do that? <laughs> I'm gonna go home. I'm, uh, you know, we'll, we'll look for Colin Farrell tomorrow. I'm gonna go home. I'm gonna check this out. See what we got happening here. But also, by the way, 
when he does, because what happens is when the Pegasus goes over the edge, he's north of the city. Right. So Russell Crowe first kills Romeo because he fucked it up. Oh right, right. Because you got Lord Vader tactics in this, and yeah, co- totally. You get one shot. You you mucked it up, man. So and you get assassinated. So now I've got Roy as my number two. Yeah, guy it's, named Roy. It's just some dude. Like Kevin Corrigan got murdered and thrown off a cliff for some dude to replace him. Some dude with a bad beard. And yeah. Then he says, "I gotta go talk to the judge." Right, so let's all remember that the demons are not allowed north of the city. Yes. That's the rule. So he says, I gotta go talk to the judge. We'll leave it there for a second. Colin Farrell meets the family, right? He's like, hey, I rescued your daughter. You uh, left her home alone for some reason. I don't when know why she's, you would uh, do that. She's got weeks to live. I came uh, in here to rob the place, and well, <laughs> I found a sweet girl about 20 years younger than myself. <laughs> I took better care of her than you did. I don't know. By the way, one of the lines in this romance between these two, she says, I'm 21 years old, and I've never been kissed on the mouth. And he's just like, uh... Uh-huh. I've got to fix. Yeah. Well, uh I I could kiss you on the mouth. Is that uh you're leaving me a clue? Is it okay if I'm constantly sweating and feeling all weird? <laughs> and are you actually attracted to this haircut? <laughs> yeah, he's got a shitty haircut. Like a mushroom, movie. but like shaved underneath well, mushroom. That's the thing it's with... a slicked back mushroom cut, is what it is. What's brilliant about this haircut is it was fashionable in 1916, and it's fashionable in 2014. In Williamsburg only. It totally came back, oh, though, that haircut. It's huge. It's yeah. back in a big, bad way, man. Oh, is it? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh well, yeah, then. dude. Open your eyes. <laughs> so William Hurt, like, takes this guy down a peg. Yeah. So, like, he's, he meets with Colin Farrell in the sitting room, and he's like, so... You look like a real scumbag. You look like a thief. You look like you're probably pretty uneducated. And you might have been meeting my daughter because you were burglarizing my house. And Colin Farrell's just like, yep, you uh, you got me. And I, uh, I kind of stopped her from being killed. <laughs> oh, remember that one detail? Uh, this mobster was going to cut her throat in the middle of the street. Oh, and man, and talk about the worst lines. I mean, it's it's rife throughout this whole movie. It, oh, you could you could pick any second of this movie. There's bad a bad line. line, and he's ready to kick him out of this house too. He's like, oh, too sweet. He's like, keep your answer brief, and if any of my family comes into this room, button up. <laughs> and Colin Farrell's like, all right, listen. I am a thief. Uh, I'm also kind of a mechanic. I was on my last job when my horse told me I should rob your house. <laughs> <laughs> the horse is outside, like, looking in the window, just like, shut up. He's just going to, like, draw his hoof across his neck. Well, yeah, like, right, bef- right before that, I did do a lot of drugs. <laughs> well, what's that have to do with anything? Well, that's my theory about this movie, is that this is, a, this is like, you know, kind of around the Nick time, uh-huh. and heroin, you can get heroin in the drugstore, or you can get cocaine anywhere, if you like. 
I think everybody's tripping balls thinking they're demons and angels. That's very possible. Or this is all just her crazy fever dream before she dies. That's also possible. Oh, like, oh yep. Oh, my brain is not working right. I've got the sicknesses. <laughs> and it's just like fire, firing in these weird ways. And she's just like, oh, there's a devil. That man's with the mafia. He's a devil. She does say something to her little sister about, like, she likes the uh like fever dreams that she gets because like she finds them in this is when she's talking about the light and she's like i love when i have these uh potentially fatal fevers because i start seeing light in all sorts of new ways and i'm like your brain is cooking itself like your body is cooking it's your brain go into the tunnel head to the light (laughs) just get it over with yes please if you wait any longer it's not going to be that much fun and, you know, around here, we're introduced to her little sister. Right. This is a precocious uh, little turd, if I ever two, saw one. Two precocious girls in this movie. Two turds in one? Yeah. Well, no, there's this one, and then we'll get to the other one. Oh, I thought you were saying that uh, two actresses played this No, this no, no, sister. no, no. It's not a twin thing. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this little girl. <laughs> These creepy twins. These creepy-ass <laughs> oh, twins. This would, movie. You know I would like it more if they were cre- creepy twins. Get some Shining twins in here. Why not? Yeah, yeah. spook it up. You get have it, to get spook it spooky. up this movie, man. Get I mean, it a little bit spooky. You got angels and demons, I guess, running running around. Yeah. And you would think it'd be a little bit more scarier. Yeah, you'd think there'd be... like What they choose to make supernatural is weird. Well, the faces, that's it. Like it, yeah. It's really just Russell Crowe's face. Faces and, and flying horses. The judge's face. Right. We're almost yeah. there. We're almost there. <laughs> it's killing me, really. So, but another one of the, the worst... <laughs> this conversation between William Hurt and Colin Farrell. I mean, it's it's one of the worst scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah. But another thing is, he's talking about how much he loves his daughter. I love your daughter this way, that way. He goes, well, you understand, you know, she's got the consumption. You know, she doesn't have much longer to live. Like, how do you feel about my daughter's condition? And he says, he, in a, it's a, it's an official question. It's a real question. Yeah. One person asks another person. Colin sure. Farrell says to him, he's like, hey. Do you think it's possible to love someone so much that they just wouldn't die? And William Hurt's like, um, do you have consumption too? <laughs> Is your brain also have frying? You, or, right have you now? been seeing light in new ways as well? <laughs> yeah. Do you have consumption or, or are you just stupid? Is that your problem? <laughs> and then he says, like, he ties the thief thing back in because he's like, don't you think it would be okay? If I just stole one life, and I'm like, oh my god! Just stop! Just it. shut the fuck up! Stop dude. what you're doing right now! It's so terrible. That it's, sounds like a threat of murder. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. steal her life away, right? Like, I'm gonna take it. I'm gonna I take that. Take your daughter. I'm gonna take her life. Take it and put it in my pocket. <laughs> it's uh, it's so bad. Put her down by the aisle. Love someone so much they can't die incorrect though god damn it just remember that though remember that question that he asked yeah yeah huh? yeah it's oh, yeah. important because this movie's dumb enough to answer it so russell crowe <laughs> gets to the judge's office presumably the judge is his boss or you know whatever we don't really know yet yeah right? you were going up the totem pole of the criminal organization right so we see the judge and the judge is sitting in a dark room and, you know, not a lot of lights on. And it's like, what can I help you with? It's a single mattress. He's got yeah. like a light bulb yeah. above him. 
And he's like, all right, here's the deal, Judge. Um, I need you to lift that ban on demons not being able to go north of the city or outside of the city or whatever. Because uh, I, I really, really want to kill Colin Farrell. He just wants a hall pass. It's not yeah. even like, let's lift the ban because then I, wait, wait. then he has to talk to God. This, right. he, this demon is asking this judge if that he can go and screw some other woman just for a weekend, right? Yeah, pretty yeah. much is yeah. the deal, right? Do you right? remember that movie? Him and pass? Owen Wilson are yeah. going to go off to the north <laughs> and fuck a bunch of girls, and then he's going to kill Colin Farrell, too, while he's up there. So the judge is like, you know what? Let's talk about this uh, in better light. And he pulls the string to turn this light bulb on, and standing before me on my TV is Will Smith playing the devil come on oh my god there's so much that's terrible with this starting with the fact that he's dressed like will smith just going out for the day in los angeles he went out for a coffee and then did this performance he's wearing a hip t-shirt jimmy hendrix he has jimmy hendrix t-shirt on oh i didn't notice it was a hendrix it's a a blazer with a jimmy hendrix t-shirt and a vest oh oh god he's timeless That is so dumb. So the devil loves Jimi Hendrix. (laughs) Who doesn't exist yet. Yeah. Oh yeah, by the way. Oh yeah, by the way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Take a look at it. Slow down your slow down your uh your uh, iTunes there and you'll see it. Put up some put some jewels in front of your TV so it lights up correctly. Put your rubies and your jades and such. Dude, I didn't even notice that. I thought he was just wearing a hip t-shirt. It's a Hendrix t-shirt. It's a Hendrix t-shirt. You know what? Now my brain is collapsing. Dude, you got the consumption. I think I do. I just got it. Oh, my God. I did not notice that. That's so dumb. It's really bad. Why didn't anyone care? Because I... I they probably thought it was cool. Or or, or Will Smith suggested it the day of. Right, right. And Akiva's were like, oh, I... I guess that's cool. Will came up with this great idea in between takes. We had the devil in just, you know, a regular old three-piece suit like the rest of the criminals. It was tinted a little bit red, though. Sure. But then Will says, how about I just wear what I'm wearing right now? Oh, and the crew went crazy. Oh, my God. And, you know, at first I was like, Will, you know, I don't know... I don't know if that's going to work. And then Will said, well, I'm walking otherwise because I don't give a flying fuck about this. <laughs> Dude, it's so dumb. Also, he's got gigantic, like, diamond stud earrings yep. each year. What? It's you know what, Will Smith? Get in costume. Everyone else has to look like they're in 1916. Yeah. You do, too. Any good devil who wants to walk around the street like devils do... Would dress the part, okay? This, this is the devil's time. This is his favorite fashion era. You you get like a Van Dyke beard going. You got <laughs> a top hat. Where's yes. his top hat and some tailcoat? It's ridiculous. You know what? Like Al Pacino in The Devil's Advocate, he's dressed period appropriate. Oh yeah. You don't see him walking around in some sort of you know a 18- grizzly bear T-shirt. <laughs> I would love to see how that would happen because that would that movie predates that band. Oh my God! Wait, so Eric, I, just, I just pulled up a photo. And... Eric has pulled up on the internet ticker. You're totally right, Chris. 
All you had to do, by the way, is Google Winter's Tale Will Smith. A picture comes up, some sort of fan set photo. And I, by the way, I, I love Will Smith. I don't have any problem with Will Smith whatsoever. No, not it, usually I do well, not. Well, I mean, he's kind of a weirdo. Well, yeah. I, I yeah. Mean, and those kids. Well, yeah. <laughs> For the most Scott, part, I don't have a problem with Will, Will Smith. Will Smith. No, 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 it's not you. We gotta, it's do kids. we gotta do something about your kids. <laughs> the crazy lunatics. Doc Brown. They become assholes or something. <laughs> But he is wearing it's a it's a like shiny silver blazer or a, a vest rather. There's a nice blue blazer and a Jimi Hendrix T-shirt. Oh man, it's unbelievable! It's and I was wrong, by the way. I don't think they're stud earrings; they're big hoop earrings. Oh, okay. He's getting the pirate look on. But so since we don't really, you know, Will Smith's not like you know what you're not putting horns on me. You're not putting a tail on me. <laughs> I'm not asking for horns. No, man. no. I mean, like I, I think they ran through it and I was like, what can we do to make you the devil? So right. what they decided to do. Ha. <laughs> 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 Eric also found a gif of the greatest part of this movie. <laughs> of course. It's, it's Will Smith's face contorting into, like, fangs. Because oh, so, he gets angry because he's the devil. Well, that's the thing is when he gets <laughs> angry because, like, so Pearlie's like, get me up there. I want to yeah. kill Colin Farrell. Yes. And Lucifer, or as he calls him at one point, Lou. Dude, you know what? You can't be casual with your boss, especially when your boss is the devil. Lucifer, you call him the judge or you call him Lucifer? Judge, your honor, you know. I don't even get the point of calling him a judge. What's that about? Because he makes the decision, I, I guess. I guess because he calls the shots. He's yeah. the final say. I yeah. think that's it. Okay. But, yep. like, I would just call him uh, Mr. Morningstar. There you go. <laughs> well, and that's the thing is he does that classic, like, the devil thing where he's like, I was once I was once of his chosen ones and then I was cast out. Oh man, you know what I hate is whiny lucifers. I get it, man. God cast you out. Just shut up. Yeah, it's you know like how you, long ago that was? You big baby, get over yeah, it. Exactly. And you know what, the devil, you're doing okay. You got a pretty sweet army, all sorts of demons running around, JFK's down hanging out at your turf, John Wayne's there. Hey, you know what? I'm gonna disprove hell on this podcast. Do it. Because I don't get another thing I don't get about the devil is the fa- like I understand you know as a fallen angel maybe he hates humanity and he wants to punish humans but after so many hundreds of years what is the point of punishing man for sins against our Lord in heaven like he's basically helping God totally. by punishing sinners Yep I don't get it Well because he's that you know he gets pleasure from torturing the people who do yeah, the torture, he, you know he, I mean? he gets too into it. So I, I go to hell. I get tortured by the devil, right? For hundreds, hundreds of years, for eternity. Dude. I mean, oh, who cares anymore, right? Wouldn't I? <laughs> wouldn't I be like relaxing while I'm getting tortured? Like I'm I mean, used to it. You probably would get used to it. Like your tolerance probably builds up. <laughs> and don't, you know what? Don't write in saying they zap you back to a time frame where you get you. It feels like it hurts again because I don't care about pain. I've evolved past that. <laughs> No yeah. matter what. But I'm saying Will Smith cares very much about pain. And, like, he wants people to feel pain. And when he's yelling at Russell Crowe, like, he wants him to be scared. Like, he wants him to be fearful. So instead yeah. of just, you know, 
showing him like a burning corpse or th- I mean, all these things would probably get Russell Crowe off in this movie. But <laughs> inst- to to really put the fear of God in him, he lowers his jaw to like a coneheads esque rows of teeth. Yeah. Like, it's really, really silly. Dude, he looks like Baraka from Mortal Kombat. Uh, he absolutely does. Like, he gets this long, weird, like, amphibian-looking underbite going on. He doesn't have the cutters, which is, you know, a, a, an artistic choice, I understand. You don't want to go full Baraka. No. But, but, like, and he also has a reflection of himself in fire. <sighs> oh, right. He's got... Right. It's like Peter Pan's shadow, this yeah. horse shit. Oh my god, this thing's just dancing around up on the wall. God damn it, dude. God damn it. It's all. like worse again, I'm gonna call back a Sadak here, but like the Terminator 2 original DVD screen, it's those kind of like flames <laughs> in the background. It's like rippling heat. It's real bullshit. It's so terrible. But anyway, he's like, Nope, you don't get to do it. You're just gonna have to wait for him to come back to you. Right. Yep. So and, great. Thanks for that pointless ass and scene. Son of a bitch. Short-lived scene, and we're back to talking. Just talking. We spend so much time at this lake house with their dumb romance and all this nonsense. They have no chemistry. No one could possibly care any less about these two actors being in these scenes together. It's just the worst. She wants a last dance, so they go to a ball. Right. The mother says, uh, if you dance, you're going to die. Yeah. (laughs) So she's like... All right, I guess I won't dance. And then Colin Ooh, Farrell's is like, Footloose. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone in that town's got consumption. You can't dance. We got to outlaw it. All our children are going to die. I, just, I would Kevin love- Bacon shows up and massacres the whole town <laughs> through the power of dance. They're all just dropping dead, like dropping like flies. And they're, Stop dancing. That'd be Stop dancing. A great third act. And the last person alive is John Lithgow crawling on the floor. <laughs> you did it. Well, that's what I, I, I wanted because they do. They go to this ball and they dance. And I just imagine John Lithgow like bursting into the ball and taking her by the arm <laughs> yeah. and like pulling her out. That's what I don't get. Like she says several times, my parents don't want me dancing. My mother says if I dance, I'll die. And he's like, all right, it's New Year's Eve. Uh, what, do you, way, this, what do you got to live for anyway? Huh? <laughs> yeah. This movie takes place. It's this is a Christmas movie. Yeah, it takes place over the holidays. We we have Christmas. We go right into the new year. And he's like, "It's New Year's Eve. We're gonna go to this ball." And they go dancing. At no point is there ever a scene where the parents are like, "I don't know about this." Remember how you have consumption and shouldn't exhaust yourself in any way? Well, because Colin Farrell helped William Hurt with that furnace. <laughs> yeah the, the so now you can go kill my kid i guess right the boy like the furnace in this old building this own old, old house their lake house is gonna blow and it, william it, hurt is ready to die with this house <laughs> it's so stupid like all these like colin farrell comes back to the house and all these people are running out of the house they're like what's going on they're like oh the boiler's gonna blow or whatever you know we gotta all get out of here your father's down in the basement and colin farrell who says multiple times in this movie how much he loves tinkering with machines and how good at it he is. It's like, well, I'll go help him out, you know. So he goes down there, and it's William Hurt and this other little mousy-looking old man. Yeah. And they're trying to fix this thing. And Colin Farrell's like, uh, if it's going to blow, can we just get out of here? And he's like, no, nah, you know, my mother had this house built. She picked out every piece of furniture. I'm going to go down with the ship. And Colin Farrell literally says... But this is a house. <laughs> so the old guy runs out and Colin Farrell's like, listen, I can, you know, let me just play around with this for a second. 
and he fixes this boiler. Like, you think it's going to blow for a second. It doesn't. He fixes this boiler, and William Hurt gives him this big hug, like, you saved my house. Like, listen, William Hurt, just get out of there. And now, now, because it's 1916, services rendered for fixing a boiler was a woman. Yet Sir Payment. <laughs> He's got to give him a woman. Well, I guess you own my daughter now. But was I the only one who, like, when they show the furnace, was thinking about the uh, Macaulay Culkin when he scared of the furnace? Oh, the Home like, Alone furnace? I was also thinking about... Steven Weber in the TV movie of The Shining. Oh, yeah. He's he's going down with the ship in that boiler room. (laughs) (laughs) So they dance. She doesn't die. Uh, But a demon who's working with Russell Crowe, he's pretending to be a waiter at this ball. Because he had to, like, because he can't leave the city because. Russell Crowe's a demon only assigned to New York City, you know, the God's Country thing. But this other demon can go outside. Well, he's, no, I think he's converted. I think it's supposed to be back in the city. No, uh, no, no, no. This ball. No, no, no. Because the, the guy he gets is converted to human. Oh, is that he did what the Wings of Desire. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just love eating things. <laughs> I'm obsessed with eating. Peter Falk. Jesus Christ, Russell Crowe. <laughs> <laughs> You really? I, I gotta go out to uh, New Paltz. I gotta go up to New. <laughs> are you my fucking God, serious? You know how long that's gonna take? We don't. We barely have cars yet. You want me to go all the way up there? Is that is that how you're gonna play Irish? All right, all right, fine. I'm not gonna tell you how to do your thing. I, mean, but, I uh, worked with John Cage. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not gonna pick nitpick. <laughs> but I'm just telling you. You know, I had two words come to mind. I was gonna put it out there for you. That's embarrassing. <laughs> you do without what you will. I'll just say. That's embarrassing. Yeah, let me tell you, Gina ain't going to watch this movie either. <laughs> John, God bless him, he's gone up. But <laughs> He's gone up. Gina, Gina, she ain't watching this shit. Uh, you know what? I just love the idea that Peter Falk will decide what, what to do and what not to do based on if Gina Rollins would watch it or not. <laughs> yeah. Oh, would, would Gina, would Gina, would you respect me for doing this picture? I, I'm not exactly playing an angel, but some sort of stupid demon. It's totally incomprehensible. There's nothing makes sense in this script. Yeah, she'd watch it, though. I think she'd think it was fun. But seriously, though, Russell, that's embarrassing. And then the premiere, and I, oh, jeez, Gina, I thought, you know, I thought it was going to be good. <laughs> stop know. hitting me. Gina, stop hitting me. <laughs> Man, Jesus Christ, Gina. Uh, now you're, you're busting my cigar. Also, Peter Falk has been dead for years. He well, would, of course, he would make this movie. <laughs> well, maybe. Yeah, in a perfect world, Peter Falk would live forever. Well, if Colin Farrell times. would kiss him on his <laughs> deathbed. Holy shit! All right, so yeah, all right, so this yeah, this demon he wings of desires himself. He becomes mortal. He goes to this ball somehow. Is able to get a job as a waiter. Goes in there and Doses spikes her, her drink. So she drinks this champagne, and I'm like, oh, she's going to die in this ballroom. It's going to be a big scene. How embarrassing, right? Like, that's embarrassing. But it doesn't happen. She's, mm-hmm. They go back home, and I'm like, oh, okay. It's like, what was that? Yeah, what, what was that all about, right? So they go back, and he's like, well, you know, I had a nice night. I guess your dad's still making me sleep out in the barn, even though I saved the house from exploding. So he walks outside, and she's, like, up on her weird, like, impossible patio, taking her clothes off, getting ready to, like, take her ice-cold bath before going to bed. And he's, like, watching her, you know, undress and everything. And then she goes back into the tent, 
and then he's got the grappling hook because magically he's just in this room. He's just, is, is, now, is that how, was, did he use the grappling hook? Because it seems like he's just suddenly there. Right? Yeah. You don't see the grappling hook. It's terrible it, editing. He can, just yeah, magically just walks in. I know. I imagine okay. it's the horse in the background. <laughs> and he's like, yo, you, you're going you gonna to go up there? Fine. I'll bring you up there. See, I know you yeah. have some arm strength problems after the night, but see, that's what you wrote. That's what you thought happened. But I wrote here in my notes: Colin Farrell pole vaulted on his boner to get up there that fast. Because <laughs> <laughs> at the time watching the movie, I was like, "How did he get up?" There? Well, you saw that that you know the brazier came off, right? And it, it was just like. He's there. Well, I so, mean, he's got to get a running start. So, and I mean, they've got a lot of land, <laughs> so I can see yeah, that happening. So you're you're thinking <laughs> that he used his erection the way Scrooge McDuck bounces on his cane in the Ducktales yes. game, precisely. Okay, and you know, it's just a theory. It's it might not be right. But <laughs> hey, you know what? We didn't see it. Nothing is impossible. Yeah. It's you know you you. It's not about what the filmmakers intended. It's about what I, the audience. Thought. Imagine between the cuts. Exactly. That's it's important. So anyway, he's up there, and they're uh, they're about the screws. It's just this total rando sex scene, just out of nowhere. And like you know, like she says, if I get too heated up, I'm gonna die. I'm a goner. Do you know what sex is? <laughs> Well, he doesn't, because even though Colin Farrell's 38 years old, he's playing the role of a 17-year-old boy, apparently. Seriously, that, honestly, this movie would have been better if he, if it was a young actor. Yes, if they, it would they make were both a lot young, more sense. Super, yeah. And, you know, Colin Farrell's not insanely old, like I was joking. He's old, but he's not insanely old. But he's, he's literally seven years older than you. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You just made me really disappointed in myself. <laughs> look, look at look at the look at the mountains that you've never pole vaulted with your boner. <laughs> no, 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 that I I'm have. probably gonna die and not no, do that. No, I've done that, but <laughs> I haven't. You know, have, have, have this mountain of a legacy to leave behind. You know, yes, yeah, SWAT. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't, don't have punch my SWAT too yet. much. The recruit. I don't have my the recruit yet. Alexander, or I don't have my a Alexander. home at the end of the world. <laughs> that movie's a real stink fest. So, if you want Eric movie to be in your movie, <laughs> I would gladly do any type of those. Sure, man, Eric movie. <laughs> what a great character! I want to write some like like shitty like L.A. noir like yeah. you're maybe like an out of work screenwriter oh, yeah, that is Eric movie written all over yeah. <laughs> I'm Eric movie and I'm at my wits end <laughs> I'm a jaded uh, down on my luck script doctor <laughs> yeah you to... don't you don't even write your own scripts you're just the doctor man <laughs> I, what, they find me in a dingy bar right yep. it's just like oh you you want that punched up? You want that dialogue redone? You know, like five o'clock shadow, smoking. Yep. Whiskey. Yep. Yeah, I'll take the case. <laughs> you know how I like to get paid. And, and they then, just shove right. down a bottle of wild turkey. It's like, I don't know how the, I don't know how she died. She was like that when I got here. Because, <laughs> you know, it's a noir. Yeah. <laughs> 
Speaking of she was like that when I got here, <laughs> they have sexual intercourse and she expires. Gone. Instantly. She says something about like, like, I can see you now, or it's not I'm that. Fi- but yeah, like it's I, something. We're oh, finally okay. there, or mm-hmm. so, like some yeah. bullshit. Like her soul's going to go to Alpha Centauri to be a star <laughs> amongst the alien gods, and she's just dead. And he's like, "Oh fuck!" <laughs> you know, because like there he is, nude in William Hurt's castle. <laughs> but where can he go? Where Willa? Right? Is that the name is of the? It, is it Lily or Willa? Whatever. Little Willa, the the little sister. The little sister said, like, earlier in the picture, if you bring bring her to the secret garden and you give her a kiss right on this spot. Oh, man. They're making, like, a a Sleeping Beauty thing or a Snow White thing or whatever it is. You know, she's like, I made she this little sister literally constructs her sister's deathbed. Is what happens in this movie. And she's like, if she dies when you have sex, just bring her down here. It'll fix it. And he does. <laughs> he totally and it does. doesn't work. Of course it doesn't. Dude, she's, she's just, just a dead. corpse. She's just totally dead. And you know what? Way too much kissing this corpse. Oh, yeah. Look, you kiss a corpse once and you're like, that nah, didn't work. That's the last time you try to bring it back. It's, he, it's like he's trying to do CPR or mouth to mouth. Yeah, but it's just with sexy kissing. Even if it's my girlfriend, my partner, my wife, whatever. If it's a dead body and it's been a dead body for a while. Yep. Because I had to carry that thing through the castle or maybe I pole vaulted my boner again. <laughs> no, you know. If there With was the ever body. Time, if there was ever a time when you don't have a boner, it's when you're carrying your dead girlfriend's corpse oh, down a not, staircase. Uh, you know, I'm going to stop you right there. Not necessarily. <laughs> you're you right. Know, speak this for is yourself. the world of Winter's speak. Tale. Nothing's impossible. There is a flying horse. So he gets down there with this court. And I mean, it's got to be at least 20 minutes. This is a dead, cold body. She's starting to stiffen up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, okay, like a. Are you sure a peck on the cheek won't do it? Nope. (laughs) Slobber tan. Okay, just like to the lips. Tongue, no tongue, right? So It's like her mouth is dry at this point. It it sucked all the saliva out. It tastes like dead. (laughs) (laughs) Very good. So she's dead, and uh, they have the funeral, and she's buried in Brooklyn. And... uh, Colin Farrell attends from afar. Yeah. yeah. And takes, the little, he takes a walk amongst the tombstones. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. And, and, you know, the little sister sees him and she's like, ah, oh, bummer. He's probably not going to stay in our lives. And Colin Farrell then just doesn't die. And we cut to 2014 and he's like kind of pseudo homeless. He's back living at Grand Central. He's not homeless. He's He's got like a place. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, he's got a place and he's got... A not better haircut. <laughs> it's, it's just longer, grown out. He yeah. looks like it's, a pirate. Yeah, he's kind of like, I mean, he's got like an Urban Outfitters hoodie, a jacket with the hoodie underneath it. Right. He's uh, got, it's like an I Frankenstein fashion. A bit. Yes, yeah. it actually is exactly like an I Frankenstein kind of wardrobe. Oh, wait a second. Because if you're doomed to walk the earth, you get the memo. You know what, you know what to do. It's, right. You know, a good tweed jacket and that hoodie. But we totally forgot like how... This all happens. So after the funeral, I guess he's just like hanging out. And Russell Crowe tracks him down. Right, right, and right. Of the Brooklyn Bridge, I think. Yeah, they're yeah. on the Brooklyn Bridge. And he's like, 
Like, all right, this is happening. And the horse comes in. Oh, that's what it is. He's getting ready yeah. to flee town with the horse. And yes. he's like, all right, horse, she's dead. It's back to just me and you again. Let's Fucking get out of there. Finally, Yeah, the dude. horse is like, you know what? Shit. I've been waiting. You ruined my Christmas hanging out with this girl. How I was many... in a barn for Christmas. Do you honestly want to count the amount of times I told you not to fuck her? Because she's going to die. <laughs> Have you read anything about consumption? Man, I'm a horse. I'm a horse that knows all about consumption. I talked to a doctor once. That's all it took. <laughs> and Russell Crowe's gang, like, they're trying to kill the horse. I, Dude, I thought I was going to have to watch skin. a horse get slaughtered. They're and I was going to skin the horse, they alive, say. he says. Skin it alive. So Colin Farrell, you know, grabs a knife. He, he can kind of fight like Jason yes. Bourne in this movie, which is obnoxious. He fights off a couple of these goons, kills some of them, and he frees the horse. And he's like, get out of here, horse. And the horse is like... <laughs> Are you sure? And he's like, yeah, horse. I said, and then the horse just takes yeah. off. He's like, fuck this. <laughs> the horse flies away. So then, And then Bigfoot's there, and he t- rolls up a newspaper. He's like, don't you understand? We don't want you anymore. And he's smacking Bigfoot in the face. And then Bigfoot leaves the movie, too. <laughs> Poor Harry and the Henderson. Uh, so then Russell Crowe delivers... Not one, but 19 headbutts to Colin Farrell and then pushes him off the bridge. Yeah. And I'm sorry. And like, this is for all you movie villains out there. (laughs) Never throw somebody off a bridge into the water. Nope. Don't do it. Guess what? It's the easiest thing to come back from. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Stick a knife in his throat. Dr. Richard Kimball did it. See, if he can do, I mean, and that was a sure you're going to die situation. Totally. That guy did not kill his wife. Man. And man, just put a knife in his throat and then toss him over. It's right. so simple. You yep. got the knife right yeah. there. That's that's what you do in New York. And I mean, this guy is like killing everybody. He wants to butcher people left and right. And he takes the soft side with this kid. Also, you're a demon, dude. Why are you just pushing people? Yeah. Put your demon face on and bite his head off. Yeah, or burn the body. Eat the whole fucking thing. (laughs) Just eat it. I need, you know what this movie lacks is a real nice occult practice or something. We need some sort of ceremony. Yeah. You're totally right. Even when they go to the devil, it's just some asshole hanging out in a loading dock. (laughs) It is. Yeah. It's exactly that. So anyway, flash forward to 2014. 2014. He hangs out in Central Park making chalk drawings. His his memory has been wiped. Yes. He hasn't aged a day. Yeah, the men in black found him. Yep, exactly. Zapped him. They zapped him. And he's he's doing these drawings, which is the exact drawings that um, Russell Crowe did in blood to hunt this his lady fair down. Right. I don't think she's going to be appreciating that. You know, <laughs> if she's looking down as a star being like, Wait a second, you're just drawing the bad guy's drawing of me? Which, how does he even have that in his memory? I, I, oh, the it's head a vision. Butt. It's a vision. No, it's the headbutt. He did so many <laughs> headbutts, some of his mind went into Colin Farrell's. It's like tapping two cell phones together to share an MP3. It's exactly <laughs> like that. <laughs> so he Don't ru- forget this drawing. <laughs> so he runs into another precocious turd, uh, and this time it's... This little girl's uh, mother is Jennifer Connelly. Uh, you know, welcome back to the movies, Jennifer Connelly. I guess. Great picture to return to. 
So she's here, and the little girl's like asking all these questions, like, "What's your name? Where do you come from?" He's like, "I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I have no memory." Jennifer Connelly, as a mother who watches her daughter run into a long-haired, weird-looking dude in Central Park, allows this conversation to go on way too long. Way, way, way too long. They have like a full two to three minute talk, and she's like, well, it was nice meeting you. You have to go. No, no, no. You pull that child away right away, man, immediately. You might not be able to hear that conversation, but yep. half of it is curse. <laughs> <laughs> It's half of it is the most disgusting shit you ever wanted to hear. Oh, totally. This guy's muttering to himself about demons and the devil and the angels and the star people. And he's doing little cartoons on the sidewalk. Dead girl he was making out with after he fucked her. Like, I mean, it's. (laughs) He's just dead. Well, maybe he forgot that part. Maybe that's part of the. Maybe that one was lost in the the swipe, too. But it'd be great if he was just yelling that in Central Park because, you know, people who haven't visited New York or lived here, that's what happens every day. That's nonstop. (laughs) So he starts, like, getting some of his memories back. Yeah, vaguely. And he remembers William Hurt's name. Isaac. Isaac. Isaac Penn. Isaac Penn. And so. He goes to this library that William Hurt's character, like, you know, donated money to or whatever. And he goes looking for him. He has no right. idea that 100 years has passed. It's like the Isaac Penn branch of the public library or something. He's yes. Like, yeah. I would like to speak to Isaac Penn. And this dude's just like, ah, you messing with me or what? And it turns out, wow, I mean, how convenient Jennifer Connelly works at this library branch. So he's like, oh, I got to go see some microfiche. And she's like, okay, I'll I'll take you down to this, you know, the microfiche yeah, sure. or whatever. Let's look up, you know, Mr. Because Penn. he doesn't have ID. Like, oh, yeah, clearly the whole... an immortal would never have ID. The guy is like, okay, you can apply to look at this microfiche. It'll take like two weeks. I just need two forms of identification. And he's like, yeah, so that's not going to fly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so then Jennifer Connelly is like, oh, well, lucky for you, I work here. So they go down to the basement and she like... You know, puts up this microfiche, and there is William Hurt, and he's like, "Oh well, look, it's could have been my father-in-law, but I fucked her and she died." I oh, fixed no. that guy's furnace. <laughs> <laughs> totally fixed that guy's furnace one time. That's crazy. It looks like a happy customer. And then it like cuts to a picture of Lady Sybil, you know, and he starts like tearing up, like, "Oh, she was so beautiful. She, uh, you know, she had consumption and whatnot, you know." And then there's a picture of him. There's a picture of the two of them. And yeah. Jennifer Connolly just turns around and the line is, now what's going on here? <laughs> it's what she says. Now what's going on here? And then here? she says something like, like, your father? Or? She's like, she's trying to rationalize it. She's like, it's got to be your father, right? Why wouldn't your or, first thought be con job? Or <laughs> dangerous homeless time traveler. Well, that's also a problem. I mean, that is always my first suspicion. Oh, yeah. yeah. A I, dangerous time traveler? I yeah. watched Terminator. That's mm-hmm. my first that's the first place I go. Mm-hmm. He says something like she he's standing there just crying over this microfiche and she's like, "Uh," and he's just like she played Brahms, just like crying, <laughs> and she's like, "Uh, uh-huh. uh-huh." And uh, cut to <laughs> him just at her house. Yep. What? Why is this movie even still happening? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Yes, it's, it's it's 
two movies. It's two movies. It's two movies. The second of... I, I didn't like the first one. Why are you giving me the second one? <laughs> well, maybe you'll like it if it's set in 2014. And, oh, and by the way, because we did, it's, I guess it's a late reveal. Cancer Kid. Oh, yeah. So instead of consumption... Jennifer Connelly's daughter is, has cancer. Oh, man, the 21st century. Yep. With all these weird things like cancer and cars. <laughs> and, well, I guess they had cars back then. <laughs> so, oh, man. So, you the, know. Like, Jennifer Connelly yes. is like this, she's like a journalist or whatever. And she does food recipes for the New York Times. But, like, the editor or something is. So, yeah. D- 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 so, I mean. Yeah. Do we How wanna... do we even get to this? I mean, this is well because there's okay. So there's two things. Yes. So he's like, well, you know, I can prove it to you. After they say he's like, well, there's one person. Now Willow, when she was a kid, I, I what she was like five years old, five ten years old. Yeah, maybe? she was like. Yeah, she was like like maybe eight or something eight in years 1916. Old. 1916. Yep. <laughs> Write that down. Yep. <laughs> 1916, she's eight years old. Let's just say it that way. So mm-hmm. that means that she was born in 1908. That means that she is approximately 106 years old. <laughs> and, she- and she is running the New York Sun. Yep. That's why no one reads it because it's and deranged. She's fine, gibberish. by the way. By the way, she's just she's walking around. She's just fine. She it's, she's played by a very chipper Eva Marie Saint, who was born in the 1920s. Yes, so it makes a little more sense. I mean, honestly, the hundred and six hundred and six year old editor of the New York Sun. Look, know. you did a shitty 1916 period piece. Do a shitty 1976 period piece, okay? Right, well, the, yeah, the book is set in the 80s, probably, right? The like, oh, no, the I mean, modern the, time. No, I mean, the well, yes, the it's modern not time set in 1914. Yeah. yeah, so it's the 1980s. Yes, which is so why it's not go feasible. To, go to yeah, exactly. Or hundred and six years old, she's the editor of a newspaper. Oh god! And she walks it like this. she's like, oh, can you like? You know, I'll take you to go see her yeah. or whatever. They go to the office. She's like, oh, is she in? Then this this brassy old lady walks out, and she says to the, the receptionist, she's like, Sandra, today I want a chocolate milkshake with whipped cream for lunch. And I'm like, 106 <laughs> years old, ma'am. You are having chipped beef. <laughs> Dude, I'd love some chipped beef. And... Maybe steamed vegetables. You're having an IV and you're dying More this than afternoon. likely an IV. <laughs> you're dying this afternoon. Well, like, she sees Peter Lake standing there. He doesn't have family. a heart attack. I thought she would just instantly go, oh, because oh, she's, like, freezing up here now, you know? Yeah. I thought she would be like, oh, I knew the Grim Reaper would take a familiar <laughs> form. <laughs> Or, or it's like, oh, I'm seeing my dead friends. Honestly, and oh, comes the big one, dude. She oh, turns around. Was there? She turns around after ordering this milkshake and just sees him standing there, and he's like, "Little Willa," and instead of her heart exploding a thousand times, she's just like, "Peter Lake," and does the same like. Earlier in the movie, they Come on, get in here. Yeah, they established that like when she was little, she would do like arms up, like pick me up. She does the arms up, and like they give a big hug. No, this woman's dropping dead. And you know what, Colin Farrell? Just because you're a timeless person now, 
doesn't mean that you can just show up to people you used to know who are 106 years yeah. old uh-huh. and just be like, eh? eh? <laughs> like, you have to, like, Jennifer Connolly needs to be like, okay, listen, I need you to sit down, okay? Uh, I need you to just keep an open mind. What's about to happen is going to be very shocking, and I don't want you, at the age of 106, to die in front of me. So... You took your Tuesday pills. They're all in their system, right? I mean, working, right? A healthy dosage. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what to tell you. This guy's here. Dude, and they go back to her house to like hang out for the afternoon, I guess. And he's like, how is this happening? And she's like, well, you know, I'm so old. You just stop being surprised by things. No, 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 no. One, no, no. I'm surprised anything, that you're 106 years old and running a newspaper. No, the older you get, the more surprised you are by things. Like, oh, what's that noise? Exactly. Yeah. She should be outraged. And, and I don't remember exactly. Is it ever addressed why he's like timeless? Yep. Will Smith tells us oh, that apparently. Our second Will Smith. He loved her so much that he just couldn't die. That's it. That's how they explain it. It's what he asks William Hurt earlier in the movie. Oh, so remember that next time you're on the battlefield <laughs> in some foreign land. Just keep just loving love your heart. somebody so much. And if you die, I guess you didn't really love her. It's such a belittling thing to loving couples all over the world, well, right? sure. Like, like, do you imagine, like, some old person watching this movie, like, a recently widowed something or other, you know what like, I mean? Like, oh, let me just sit down with this, all this fun little fantasy romance, make me feel better. And then the movie tells this person, like, sorry, ma'am, I guess you didn't <laughs> love your, or your husband didn't love you enough because he's dead in the ground. And then her heart explodes Million and times. apparently you didn't look hard, <laughs> hard enough because if you had looked hard enough, you could have found yourself a flying horse. <laughs> yeah. Dude, this horse comes back, by the way. A spirit yes, guide. It's, it's a very uneven movie. Most of the movie yeah. is in 1916. We're not in 2014 yes. for that long. I think it's like 30, 40 minutes maybe. The beginning does a lot of like rocking back and forth, setting up that he's living in Grand Central in mm-hmm. both yeah. time periods. Yes. Um, but when we get to 2014, it's not there for that long. So they hang out with Eva Marie Saint for a little longer. And then it's awesome. Like, they're leaving, and they're on the front steps, and she's like, well, Peter Lake, I suppose I'm never going to see you again. And I was like, why would you say that? Because you're 106 years old? But I just love this. Like, well, this is probably the last time we're going to see each other. Clearly, they've established they're both immortal in their own ways. Like, (laughs) maybe it's feasible you'll meet up for lunch again at some point, you know? Like, who knows? So then Russell Crowe is, of course, still alive. He's a demon, so he's ageless as well, you know? And he's tipped off in some way or another that Colin Farrell is still alive. The rubies. Oh, the rubies say it again, The rubies eh? and the jades. Because it doesn't show him a map. It just kind of, like, he just, like, moves like a jewel one way. Right. Oh, he's alive still. So... Why would Russell Crowe wait until 2014 to double-check his work? Like, you throw him off the bridge that day, go back to your hideout, maybe have a celebratory scotch. You're an evil demon. That's fine. Light up a cigarette. And then be like, all right, now I'm just going to put the jewels out real quick just to make sure that when I do the, you know, the configuration to show me where Colin Farrell is, (laughs) it says he's in the East River and I don't have to worry about it. Where to go? Oh, no, I lost him. Like... 
Why wouldn't you do that? Why would you wait you gotta, 98 like, years? Establish something that's like every 100 years I could do this or something. Yes, exactly. And wouldn't something your like that. friend Lou know about this? Yeah, totally. Wouldn't Will Smith be like, um, why are you celebrating? He just crawled out of the river. He's still totally alive. He's with but- the horse. The horse and him are, are fine. <laughs> So Russell Crowe like has a, a new bodyguard, which is uh, the Kevin dude, Durant. It's Kevin Durant, and he is the grandson of Romeo. Of Romeo, which is just ridiculous and great. Comes to nothing. There's a hilarious moment though where he's like, "Hey, uh, remember that story I told you about how I murdered your grandfather?" <laughs> and Kevin Durant's like, "All right, I'll just back out of this office quietly. Uh... Pardon me." <laughs> So, I mean, whatever, they just, they they have to go back to that. Like, Colin Farrell's memory is coming back. Mm-hmm. And he realizes, like, oh, it's, the house is the place. Let's go there. Right, and this, Jennifer Connelly's daughter is the girl I was supposed to save. That's the miracle I can right. do. Right, so it, it turns she, out that. She it, has a. Uh, the, the drawings were always of her. In her she has hair, a red cancer, scarf smock. around her head. She, uh, the shielding the, the cancer right hair. the radiation you know she's got a scarf on there yeah. so it, it's russell crowe's vision you know mistook that for red hair it was a red scarf so colin farrell realizes this and it was like oh i know how to save your daughter we got to get to this house so the horse you know takes them he's like oh by the way this is my flying horse well by the way because <laughs> uh, uh lou and uh and pearly Oh right, the, he, do have they have another oh, talk? Yeah. Little deal with the devil here, and it's kind we're of we're losing Lucifer, <laughs> we're losing bad, we're losing bad, <laughs> and like Lou, Lou makes this whole thing. He's like, "Look, Pearly, I don't think you should go after him." And Pearly is like, "Nope, I'm gonna make a deal with you. We're gonna fight me and this Colin Farrell. Yep, if I get killed, I'm dead." He gets killed. He's dead. Right. And you, he, be, he 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 gives a deal to become mortal. Right. One of us is gonna, and he says this, and I thought it was just you know one of his many who gives his shit lines. Right. He's gonna turn to snow and get scattered to the four winds. Right. Keep <laughs> that in mind. So so basically, the deal is if Will Smith lets him go outside of the city, which. I love that New York City is the demon hell realm, by the way. You know what? Uh, I can confirm. (laughs) So he's like, all right, if I let you do this, I have to turn you mortal to do it. So you're not going to have any of your demon powers. You got to fight him mano a mano. He's like, all right, you know, I'm cool with that, man. I'm going to go get him. Don't worry about it. So he turns him mortal. They go up to the house. He knows that's where they're going to go. So there's this lake, you know, this frozen lake and whatnot. And he shows up with like 20 goons. And they drive cars on the lake. Yeah. They up, go limousines. Right up to it. Because I guess it's, I don't know, is this an island or some shit? There's... They never really specify where this actually is. I mean, you can drive cars on deeply frozen lakes. Yeah, but you probably shouldn't drive like seven of them next to each other. <laughs> probably not. You probably not be, the smartest. You shouldn't be doing mind. 60 miles an hour on a frozen lake. You yeah, probably also... shouldn't put... 40 tons of weight in the right, in the same spot. Not exactly the smartest thing to do. It's a real horseshit gag, too, because he's like... Uh, <laughs> horseshit. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. he's like... Uh, she said, Jennifer Connelly says, like, oh, could they, could they have followed us up here? And he's like, no, I don't think so. And then the cars immediately come around the corner. So that he's like, all right, we're going to kill you now. And he's like, oh, yeah, watch this. And the horse jumps up into the sky. And I'm like, oh, the horse totally bailed. That's terrible. <laughs> 
the horse totally slams down on this ice and murders the 20 goons. Yeah. They all fall, SUVs and all, into the frozen lake. It's amazing. Probably the best part of the movie. And none of yeah. them could swim. Nope. They, just, they, just no, they all just drown. And so then it's, it's Russell Crowe versus Colin Farrell, and they're fighting. And I was, like, thinking, like, man, I always wanted to, like, how cool would a fight scene between Russell Crowe and Colin Farrell be? It's a shame that I have to watch it under these circumstances. Yeah. It's, you know, so they have this fight. It's a pretty brutal fight. Like, Russell Crowe's beating the shit out of him for the most part. But then Colin Farrell has, so we have to go back just a second. He's kept the little name tag that displayed, yeah. like, the name of his little model ship that he was found in. Yeah. City of Justice. The City of Justice. Mm-hmm. So he produces that from his coat sleeve and jams it into Russell Crowe's throat up into his neck, you know, and murders him. He dies and he does turn into snow and blow away. Scattered to the four winds. Oh, man. And so I mean, it's such horseshit. Let's just wrap this up. So the the daughter's dead. Like she yeah. dies while the horse is flying to the lake house. Right. They get her in the little bed, you know, the deathbed that the girl made. Uh, and, you know, Colin Fur kisses her on the forehead. And it's like, oh, it didn't work. It didn't work. Oh, it worked. Oh, never yep. mind. Yep. Oh, magic. Oh, now there we go. Why is everyone crying? I'm a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. She's, she's like, what are you crying for, and Mom? Then, yeah. And then suddenly we're back in the city right in front of a giant awning that says Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Do oh. you drink Dunkin' Donuts? Oh, absolutely, dude. Everybody does. And it's just. it's uh, You know, America runs on it. It runs on Duncan. You're totally right. Yeah. You're yeah. totally right. It happens yeah. that way. And so, I mean, the the day is saved. I'm your miracle. You don't have cancer anymore. No, That's fantastic. Fine. And she's like, well, I guess this is the last we'll be seeing you. And he's like, yeah, probably. Yeah. And he and the horse have to go the back ho- to their yeah. home planet. The horse is like, all right, get on my back. We're going to go become stars now. And he, they fly up into the sky, and it turns into a dot, and then the dot just freezes, and it's a new star. But he, yeah, he also sees, like, he sees, like, one star, and it's like, you know, it's alluded to, like, oh, that's, uh, that's my lady. That's my lady's become a star. I'm going to become a twin sun up there next to her. Yeah, like right her. next to her, yep. And, so that, and that planet they're next to, Tatooine from Star Wars. <laughs> so wait, am I to understand that? So Colin Farrell and the horse, because I mean that is the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Colin Farrell and the horse go up and become the star. Yes. yes. Is it like a Jeff Goldblum fly situation? Oh, you think he's a half man, half horse? Because I he's mean, a centaur. It would he's be got a horse too... cock. <laughs> uh, I don't want to go too blue, but. If you become half man, half horse, I'm assuming you're taking that point. I, I, if you're going to pick one thing, yeah, right. I think you got to well, go. Because otherwise, it's a, Bo- a Bojack Horseman situation. And right. I mean, nobody That's wants true. that. Yeah. Nobody does want that. You would, you would be th- a cool centaur. Yeah, yeah, centaur. I mean, <laughs> right? That's like a consolation right there. That's yep. what the sky's full of. They're full of centaurs and lizards and things. I do think so, yeah, that, because like it's not two separate stars. No, so you're right. Yeah, I think they it, merge into one thing. And that's gross. <laughs> it's really weird. He becomes a centaur at the end of the movie. A centaur sun. <laughs> it's like it's like a burning hot sun, and in the center is just a centaur running in a circle to power it. <laughs> and that's how that's how religion works. Yep. And the devil is defeated once again. Ugh. And that's Winter's Tale. One of the worst movies I've ever seen in my life. One of the best credits, though, I've ever seen in my life 
Way down the list, it says costumer for Mr. Smith. And I just yelled out, fire that fucker. <laughs> what costumer? His closet? I thought you were going to talk about the credit that immediately comes up at the very end, which is ba- essentially it lists everything you could ever do in a movie. And it's like, by Akiva Goldsman. Yeah, it, this dude was doing a lot of lifting for this movie. Written, produced, directed. Because you would have to. Because who would want to be a part of this? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody can come to my house and eat lunch. I got some cold cuts. Got some good toasted bread for you all. Oh, man. Oh, man. Now, and now I know yeah. no one's going to recommend this movie. No, but is this movie a seeing is believing situation? Oh, I mean, I don't necessarily think you need to. It's I longer think, than Star Wars. I, you is know, it? It's, it's not. It's an hour 53. It's, it's, no, it's, I thought it was over two. It's an no, hour, it's hour 58. 58. Oh, okay. So it's not so longer it's than Star Wars. So three minutes shorter than Star Wars. All right. Which, they just dodged it. So it credits, feels I mean, but credits with the trailers and everything, it's about the same amount, I'd yeah. say. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the special edition to come out. Of Winner's Tale? Yes. Where Sebulba's in it? Right. You know, they just didn't have the technology at the time <laughs> to complete certain things. Like that horse's wings? Yeah. <laughs> they go and pay for half of the wings. These are temporary wings. Well, when I'm, technology's better, we can give this horse some real wings. I'm sorry you fell in love with a half-completed movie. It's just not what I intended. <laughs> That's Winner's Tale from the last year, 2014, directed by Akiva Goldsman. If you want to get a hold of us, Check out our website, whmpodcast.com. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We're at whmpodcast. Write into the mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. We are doing uh, the worst of 2014. What was your worst of 2014? Write in and let us know. I just want to, since I jumped in on the last episode, to remind everyone about our, our subreddit. Of we got we the Hit subreddit Movies. going on. Yeah. But I want to let you know another thing you can do to help the show and make it more prolific is we have a Tumblr page, whmpodcast. Yes dot tumblr.com we repost episodes there and hey you like the show you got a tumblr reblog those episodes spread the word totally whatever way yep. you can and we should add on to that you know however you find the program itunes or whatever the right. podcast catchers or yes. whatever you do if you can rate and review the show wherever you get mm-hmm. it totally do it people don't realize how important that is that actually will write that, that will help us immensely if you could just even just give us a star rating in itunes it takes you two seconds if you stream the show on stitcher you can rate and give reviews on stitcher now so that's yeah. totally available however you can do it also hey you know what whmpodcast.spreadshirt.com get that probably secundus t-shirt it is the hottest selling shirt in that's our store true. right now yeah. but i will say we also have a dog actor bandana um you got so, a dog? You know? I put a little We Hate Movies flair on it. <laughs> Clue for next week's episode, Chris Cabin. Uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Oh, what could that mean? Oh, a lot of mystery surrounding that. That's a huge cast. That's a big flying horse mystery. Yeah. <laughs> that is a huge cast. So until next week, when we find out what we're talking about with Game of Thrones, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Chris Cabin. Take it easy. <laughs>